Welcome to Dana Delivers by Aprio Podcast, the podcast that helps restaurant owners and operators learn from industry experts about trends and opportunities. On every episode, Dana Zukowski, the leader of Aprio's restaurant advisory team, explores a topic impacting our industry in a candid conversation. And now, let's hear what Dana is serving up on this episode. Well, on today's podcast, we have John Goldisich from Lazard with us. John, thanks for joining. Thank you, Dana. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you. So Lazard is new to you. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, the firm, and what you're doing there? Absolutely. Yeah. Thrilled to be with Lazard. Lazard is a 175-year-old global investment bank. They have uh, 41 offices in 25 countries around the globe and um, have just you know widely been considered one of the leading advisory firms to, to companies on Wall Street. They are an independent advisor. They don't have a balance sheet, and have just you know always been focused on you know really specific you know strategic M and A for leading companies around the globe. I joined uh, back in July to lead the firm's efforts in the restaurant space and in franchising and, and multi-unit consumer services. Prior to Lazard, I was with a boutique consumer-focused investment bank for the last sixteen years, where focused and led efforts in M and A in the restaurant space as well. Very excited to to be a part of the Lazard platform and have you know broader broader global reach and, and depth and bring what Lazard can can bring to other industries to the restaurant industry. That's amazing, and you just hit on the global reach. So before a little more national, now a little global as well. What are you seeing in the marketplace? Are you seeing we're seeing a lot of slowdown in our M and A practice, right? A lot less QVs going on. Everyone's taking a beat. They were waiting for the election cycle. You're on the other side. You're the one who's seeing it before we do. So talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the market. Yeah, you know, we're seeing the same thing. I mean, I was in London earlier this week and was pitching on a new opportunity and, and took the time to to meet with some European-based sponsors. And they've completely ground to a halt. And they have a much more negative view of, of the deal environment than we do in the US at the moment. And I think that's the key term is that it's, you know, at the moment, it's momentarily. In the US, I think there's still pockets of activity, but not in the traditional sense where you have, you know, institutional private equity groups that are driving a lot of the deal volume. You know, you're still seeing some select growth equity financings getting done. You're seeing um, family office and high net worth individual investments into emerging brands. There has been a, you know, some select strategic MA. But for the most part, what has driven M&A in the U.S. for, the, for over a decade has been private equity volume. And, and at the moment, no, nobody in the private equity world wants to be the, the individual that goes to their investment committee pitching a restaurant deal at the moment. Right. You know, just with labor pressures and supply chain pressures and macroeconomic pressures, I think it's temporary. And I think everybody that I'm talking to is, is prepping to get something you know, launched by, you know, early to mid next year, but people want to see some visibility into, you know, into future cash flows in some way, shape or form. And right now there's just a lot of uncertainty and we haven't even talked about the, the slowdown in the, in the debt markets yet, but I think things, things will pick up and, and everybody's eager to deploy capital and eager to continue to support the restaurant industry. It's just a momentary slowdown. Right. And I guess with deploying capital, some of the conversations we've been having is people want to put it to work really bad, but with interest rates where they are, sometimes putting it in the bank might just be a better idea. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's not the fun part for us. Yeah. As 
with my new role at Lazard, I get access to, to so much macroeconomic data. I mean, we have economists on, on staff and it's something that I've really been following more than I ever have in my career. You know, nobody has a crystal ball, but you know, we don't think this is going to be a, a slowdown for years. It's going to be slowed down for months. And, okay. um, and, and I think it'll be really interesting. You know, you and I are talking right now and I'll see you in a couple of days at RFDC, but, but it'll be, it'll be very interesting. You know, we have a full slate of, of conversations at the restaurant finance conference and uh, we'll be interesting to see what people's view on the deal environment and just, you know, what the next uh, 12 to 24 months are going to hold for the restaurant industry. Yeah, for sure. And I think what you said before about what, who was looking to buy it, how you saw some people, how there are strategic acquisitions or strategic mergers going on. That's what we're seeing the most of is someone owns 60 in a brand, they buy 60 more. We're really, are you guys seeing that as well globally and through other brands? Yeah, I you know I think it's opportunistic. I mean, uh, you know, just just recently, MTY has been acquisitive. They bought Wetzel's and Barbecue Holdings. You know, you've got you know a handful of other you know other kind of strategic deals. And look, there's been a lot of activity with you know within fran- the franchisee community. You know, franchisees buying other franchisees. I think that's you know slowing down a little bit as well because so much of that is fueled by by the debt markets and and the debt markets are really you know really tightened up in certain areas and including the restaurant space at the moment. Right. What do you think happens there? You think those are going to start to loosen, or we think that's going to be a little longer? I uh, I it's gosh, that's the you know that's the billion dollar question. Right. Um, think people want visibility into the future. They want visibility into future cash flows in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's you know the labor pressure is loosening, uh, you know supply chain pressure is loosening, commodity um, prices. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I read an article where this is actually pro restaurant industry uh, at the moment, but um, it said that. The average U.S. family, it would be cheaper for them to actually go to the restaurant uh, and eat Thanksgiving dinner instead of uh, instead of cooking at their house right now because of uh, because of inflationary pressures. Well, I, um, just, I did my fresh direct order for Thanksgiving, and I compared it to last year's fresh direct order just because it seemed a little high, and it's one and a half times what it was last year for wow. the same stuff, right? Like wow. turkey. But I said I thought this was cheaper last year. That's nuts, right? So yeah, what what happens to people, you know, in other situations with big families and going out? We'll figure it all out, I guess. I, I mean, I, honestly, I think that's the that's the thing that uncharted waters, so to speak, in terms of you know finance professionals. You know, we've all lived through downturns and and through economic softness, but none of us have been through economic softness where there's been so much uh, pressure on the on the U.S. consumer. Uh, you know, just with with inflationary pressures. So you have a downturn in the economy mixed with inflation. You know, I think that's where there's just so much uncertainty because it's something that we haven't seen before. Right. But but all that being said, look, you know, we're 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 focusing on a little bit of the negative. I mean, the the restaurant industry is extremely re- resilient, and I I've always been firm believer that you know really high quality assets, premium concepts, they'll find a way to find capital, they'll find a way to flourish. You know, the consumer's not going away; they're just picking their spots, and maybe they tighten their belts in uh, in one way or another. But there's some you know really. Uh, interesting and, and innovating things going on in the restaurant space. You know, around- well, I guess that's what I was just going to ask. So you're you have access to all these things, right? Because you're seeing a lot first. You're seeing people who want to go out, sell, or do whatever they're doing. What do, what have you seen that's innovative or fun or a little bit just different? 
is and if you don't want to give a brand that's okay but any great ideas out there yeah no there's there's so much i mean i, I think that one of the great things that but also uh you know criticism of the restaurant space is that there's a lot of me too's you know there's a lot of knockoffs or hey this guy's doing this and and we're going to do the same thing but but i think in i think in this environment people have had to get even more more innovative and and whether it's around different ways to get get product to the consumer you know you have fast casual that's concepts that are exploring drive through you have QSR that are you know getting deeper into delivery and things of that nature. I really like you know just limited format. Uh, what's going on in the beverage space? I mean concepts like you know scooters and Big B and and Swig out in um, uh, in Salt Lake City. What they're doing on the beverage side with a you know with drive through only and a, a small labor force. I really like what's going on on the experiential side. Concepts like chicken and pickle and putt shack and pop stroke. And uh, and I think everybody is you know realizing that they have to be you know just on their game and in, uh, in this consumer environment with, in terms of quality and service and uh, you're seeing concepts that focus on that really rise to the top. Right, and as we said earlier, quality and service right now are just quality we could do, but service is just so hard. Yep. But again, the people have to go back to work somewhere. We have to find them. So. What else is going on? So we talked a little bit about what you're doing, what you're seeing, any other words of wisdom or any other things you want to share with our listeners about what you're seeing or going on more the U.S. side as opposed to global? What I what I love about the restaurant industry more than anything is just uh, just the culture among operators and among you know vendors and capital sources. And I'm, I'm so excited to go to the restaurant finance conference and you know see everybody in person, uh, share ideas, collaborate and you know, my advice would just be if, if you're an operator, don't, you know, don't operate in a vacuum, you know, talk to the market, talk to capital sources, talk to advisors, you know, talk to service providers and vendors, because that's where, uh, that's where there's a, a free sharing of ideas, you know, where you, where you see how other people have pivoted or, or been able to, to navigate a certain environment. And then, uh, you know, on the capital raising or M&A side, uh, I think the back half of 2023, assuming that the um, the Fed stops raising rates or or when they stop raising rates, and and we start seeing more visibility and you know future macroeconomic conditions, that there's going to be a lot of pent up demand, and and there's you know we're already hearing it from from private equity groups and from operators who are who are saying, hey, you know, let's you know we're we're not going to do anything right now, but let's you know let's prep, let's get our house in order, so to speak, to be to be in a position where we can uh, hit the market and get something done in the back half of 2023 or early 2024. I agree with all of that, right? With going to these conferences, sharing. I always do find it amazing that as a community, how much we all do share. I tell friends who work in other industries that people talk as much as we do and they can't believe it. But what about proprietary information and all that? Like, it doesn't matter. Like we're feeding people. We're not saving the world here. So I will see you next week. I love talking to you. I appreciate your time and, and just closing remarks. Thank you. And if anyone who is listening has questions, reach out to John, his information's in the bio. Thank you, Dana. Um, big fan of yours and a big fan of Aprio and, and really appreciate you. Let me, let me chat with your audience today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. Thank you to all of our listeners to the Dana delivers by Aprio podcast. If you like today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button. Dana Delivers brought to you by April, a premier accounting and business advisory firm with offices across the U.S. and clients around the globe.